welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, a subsidiary of Pop Salsa. I'm your host, Ernesto Camacho the fourth. I used my full name. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, Joel. Hey, what's up? All right, one thing, I, one yeah. question, I, one little <laughs> side note before we start, we start right. recording. Okay. So you're the fourth generation to own that name, to own that name, right? Yes, I am. How, what's the farthest generation that you've met? The farthest generation, as in, yeah, like a fringe like, of my family. <laughs> no, no, just like because, like, typically it's the the first uh, male born that gets the, the the father's name, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming your father had it, his father had it. Their, your grandparents had it, stuff like that. So, what's the farthest generation of people of like your great grandfather or something that you've that you've actually met who share your same name? Oh, share my say It's my grandfather, actually. That's the oldest. Yeah, that's, that's the, the oldest. farthest you go back. That's the originator. Like the, that's <laughs> the, the originator. <laughs> that's the first one. It's it's not that detached. I think my grandfather, when he had my dad, he was like, oh yeah, I should probably name you the second. Like it's not that mm. it's not that generational. Like it's decades. No, it's not that like um, thought well thought out. <laughs> where it's like an eight, like a <laughs> you're not House Camacho or anything no, like that, the, right? Funny, <laughs> funny enough, we are House Camacho. We do have a lot of uh, of like uh, farms and stuff. And uh, yeah, and, you got you guys have your own coat of arms and everything. Just like no, um... we're, we're too early in development. <laughs> if this was a Civ game, we're in the Bronze Era kind of. Uh, <laughs> just beginning the Bronze Era. Exactly, exactly. While you have like you know House of Cards, House of Cards, Game of Thrones esque fighting going around. <laughs> oh man, yo, yeah. Just I just want to know. It's like that's one thing that's always fascinated me about like people who name their their children after themselves mm. like is that like a family thing is that just because there's a general lack of like imagination <laughs> going around or <laughs> i think a bit of both i yeah. mean it takes a it takes a real knucklehead to name you know four of their offspring ernesto and let it stick <laughs> wait 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 all right so, yes. Uh, are yes, there, there are four. four yes, other... there are four other Ernestos. <laughs> oh my god! Well, <laughs> I, it's not. It's not uh, like the George Foreman situation where he named all his kids George, right? It's like there. There's at least a generation gap between them. Uh, nope, <laughs> there is no <laughs> generation gap. It's oh my, my grandfather god. is Ernesto Camacho the first, yeah. uh, the original OG, I suppose, and then it's my father Ernesto Camacho Jr., and then it's my uh, my brother uh, Ernesto Camacho. Uh, the third, but they call him Chot, you know, just to dif differentiate us from the other Ernestos, I suppose. Yeah. And then it's me. I'm the fourth. Uh, wow. So you, you share a name with the sibling. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really uh, hang out as often as we should be hanging out. But yeah, I, each time I was at his actually I was at his wedding. Uh, and then, you know, someone yelled Ernesto, both of us turned. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a Man. weird, awkward uh, situation. <laughs> I gotta imagine when you're growing up and your your parents are mad at you guys and you yell Camacho Ernesto and you're both like oh shit run in terror. Yeah, my dad walks <laughs> in. Oh, my dad runs away. Like... Your mom yells and all three generational Camachos just run and hide. They'll just scurry like roach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. not too bad. But today we're gonna be discussing the highly anticipated film. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't even get Highly that. Highly anticipated film. Oh my god. 
The movie came out last year, right? Last year, right? Yeah, just about last year. It's a Red Notice on Netflix, produced by Netflix, I believe. Uh, It stars Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and uh, Gal Gadot from Wonder Woman fame. Yeah. Um, It's very like this clashing of the worlds, no? Like, Mm. obviously, Wonder Woman, Deadpool, and even though we haven't really seen... Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, Johnson as uh, Black Adam yet he already is so like tied to that character. Yeah, yeah, and like even before uh, Black Adam, he's just there. He's been this uh, family iconic sort of character. Yeah, I mean one of like the 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 newer generational blockbuster mm. actors, you know, of what like uh, Bruce Willis or uh, Stallone were in the '80s. I would imagine that The Rock pretty much has the same you know uh connotation now where oh, that's every true. movie yeah well every movie he does it's either like this family friendly uh, uh animation movie which ends up making a shit ton of money because that's what an- animation always does or he's like <laughs> this the super blockbuster movie that also ends up making a shit ton of money right right like uh and, and then you have san andreas that's a good point the rock is definitely uh would it be our generation? Because Bruce Willis, like you said, Bruce Willis, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that would be our father's generation of action hero. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, but you also have to take to 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 take into consideration that today's action movie is not the same as it was mm, back then. Yeah, less cocaine. No, a lot less cocaine. <laughs> Seems like that's where the creative juices flowed from, huh? Uh, cocaine Probably. and hookers. I mean, somebody, somebody must have been on like so many eight balls to have written <laughs> all those '80s fucking action movies that came out of right. Even even the ones where it's a sequel, it's a third movie, but it's essentially the first movie. It's just like... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Red Notice, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a good chunk. It's about two hours and some change, and it's essentially it? uh, yeah. I, I'm I seeing here it's only an, an hour oh. and fifty eight minutes. Oh, it's an hour and fifty eight minutes. Okay, yeah, so an hour, almost two hours. Yeah. And it's essentially, uh, well, okay, let's get started. What did you like about this film first? Okay, I like that it, right off the bat, we understood what the movie was going to be, in a sense. You mm. know, like, whether or not the movie knew what it was going to be, we we got the we got the understanding that it wasn't going to be like, you know, Ocean's Eleven through Twelve or however many Ocean's <laughs> the movies there are. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like where it, it is just like a straight, straight down to earth, you know, somewhat serious uh, heist film. Yeah. You know, Red Notice. It, it starts off with a, a classic misdirection, where you're you think as that um, the Rock is going to be the one that propels the story forward, and it turns out to be uh, Ryan Reynolds, and we yeah. all know Ryan Reynolds as you know, obviously Deadpool. And he's yeah. he's pretty much just Deadpool in this film. Yeah, he's uh, it's it's like rapid fire around. And by the way, this is gonna be a spoiler cast. So in case you haven't seen Red Notice, uh, turn away or skip to the end. But skip yeah, it's skip a, to the spoiler. Skip to the spoiler. It's definitely he's he's just Deadpool. And honestly, yeah. the last film we watched was Adam Project, and I f- I feel like this is a step back from that performance. Yeah, definitely he did have to rely a lot more on the acting chops for um, the Adam Project. Mm. You know, I feel like there was a lot more emotional uh, 
not to say baggage, but there was a lot more emotional emotions stirred up in within that movie, you know, because like the dad died and all that stuff, and he goes back in time and he's able to meet him. Right. In this one, he just, yeah, all right, what are you gonna do, Ryan Reynolds? All right, I will do Ryan Reynolds as <laughs> Ryan Reynolds in a heist movie. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, the dude in waiting, I want exactly that one. Yeah. In a heist movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, somehow uh, along the lines of his career, you know, like you mentioned, waiting, but also Van 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 Wilder, Van Wilder, yeah, right, Van Wilder, yeah. Where he, he is just like this funny, uh, broish. Not, not to say broish, but that's really just the the, pro, the correct term to to use. But like he's one of the dudes. He just fucks around, and he has fun. Yeah, and now he just happens to be an art thief. Yeah, and it's uh, that first act, the first scene. It was beautiful, especially with the drone yeah. shot. Yeah, like I, I couldn't imagine just coordinating that drone shot. And I, did you see the 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 switch to the ground to the drone? It's like the 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 sun literally flashes in your face, <laughs> and then it's oh, yeah. head or something like that. So I, <laughs> it's uh, it's really taking advantage of that technology that. A lot of us, uh, I guess, suppose take for granted in big budget films. Well, we could clearly see that the evolution of that, that like mm. that wide, like huge sweeping aerial shot, you know, where yeah. it used to be done with, it used to be done with like helicopters. <laughs> now some dude with a drone gets all that footage, you know, right, like right. there was another one where they were escaping at the end. Um, they were driving the the. the <laughs> <laughs> I just thought because they found like a whole bunch of fucking cars in the safe, right? Right. In the bunker, and right. they were driving. They were trying to escape. At first, I was like thinking like these these cars have not been turned on in what seventy five years. There's there's no way they're running this well. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but like you see that shot when there's that chase scene, and it's the 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 drone, you know, following the footage, like following yeah. the action. Yeah. That was pretty cool as well. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it's. I mean, you do bring up a point, but it's true. Yes, they are very, very good aerial shots and a lot of wonders in this film. At least it feels yeah. like a wonders. But uh, it's uh, it's difficult to kind of get attached to the plot of this film. <laughs> At least to me. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. There's so much like. There, there's so much. They throw so much at you at the same time where it's kind of really just hard to stick. Yeah. Stick to anything. And there's like, there's essentially three main characters, right? There's uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character, who's an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. And then there is uh, Ryan Reynolds, who's the art thief. And then there's the cop. Right. And then Gal, Gal Gadot's introduced as like the fourth character down the line. Uh, the nemesis. Not, she's yeah. not really a villain. Well, there's not really a over. It doesn't have to, but you know, there's not really an overarching uh, adversary in this film, right? No, because as we learned at the end, it turns out there it was all just bad guys double crossing each other. Da da da. Spoiler, <laughs> but yeah, at the end, basically, it's uh, it's a big double cross. I didn't see it coming. I don't know you. Did you see it coming? No, I I didn't see it coming either. It was just. Uh, just to put it out there, I was stoned. So. <laughs> but he, but he's he's totally comprehensible. Like he, yeah, I'm 100%. not I'm not being sarcastic, but he, he really is. It's, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, 
I could tell what what's going on and what's happening. I mean, I was able to follow Dune, and I was yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna so. say you followed Dune, and I was like, yeah, you're worse done. I feel like it would yeah. be a cool film to be stoned in, to be honest with you. Dune? Yeah, Dune. Yeah, it was. It was dope. <laughs> I was like, like every scene that that had that had like this this sense of um, urgency or or drama was just ratcheted up. Oh wow. Cause I was so fucking stoned, I was just holding it together for for me not to freak out, and the whole, all this crazy ass imagery was happening right in front of me. <laughs> I was gonna say like the flashback scene must have been uh, psychedelic. Okay, but yeah, you're saying yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, it, it caught me by surprise that um, it turned out that Dwayne Rock Johnson, this fake FBI agent. Well, it turned out to be a fake FBI agent. <laughs> was are they married or are they just banging? Uh, I, f- I feel like they're married because I I remember towards the middle of the film I'm like wow that would be really cool if they were like if the twist was not I didn't know the twist but the midpoint was they were together yeah and then, but no yeah they are married I guess I mean you could say that just because like I'm pretty sure they didn't go to like sign the documents in the government or anything like that you know that's fair but if they're living that Bonnie and Clyde live uh, lifehood li- lifestyle. You know, they might as well just be married. Yeah, pretty much, right? So it turns out that him and Gal Gadot are the like the two main baddies that orchestrated this whole elaborate scheme to steal the three legendary Cleopatra eggs. Yeah. And there was two that were known that it still existed, and the third one was lost to time. Yeah. And there is where it turned. This movie turned into a, a Nazi treasure movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad I wasn't too proud. Of it. But uh, this film does have a lot of conflicting themes and tones, and that is one of them. Yeah, it's it, for some reason it's a, it's a very it's a very meta film. It's essentially they they go into where is it Bolivia. Argentina. Argentina, thank you. Argentina, and uh, they Which find. I didn't. I didn't know Argentina had jungle. I just thought it was like mountainous and valleys. That's what I thought. Right? I was like, oh, yeah. that's weird. Uh, how come it's not a like you know the one I mean, that's associated with Nazi? Stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, I yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I did. I just want to say I did like the when they did like reveal that it was like some was it Rudolf Zyk- Rudolf Hess, right? The Zykin yeah, something, Zyk- like Zyk- that, right? something like that, yeah. He the 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 <laughs> Hitler's right hand in uh, stealing um art. So he loaded up a bunch of of uh, uh, uh stolen art onto a boat and fled Germany as the the, the Red Army was invading Berlin. Yeah. And hit him, hit him, hit all this art and everything in um, abandoned copper mine. Yeah. I guess you say right in, yeah. in the jungles of Argentina, and that's when I was like, "Oh, this is this has got me a little more interesting." Because like that, <laughs> that whole aspect of anything, you know, like if it's oh, we found a train full of Nazi gold. I'm I'm there. I'm reading the article just because <laughs> there is still so much mis- so much mystique about that, you know. Right, right. That's fair. And as soon as that see, as soon as Nazis came up, and we got a quick exposition, you know, history lesson to explain to us what this is all about, and I was like, "Yep, Joel probably loves this, and I love it." <laughs> so it's something that 
especially when the it, it's such a it's such a masturbatory scene because they start going through the, they start going through the vault and looking at all the stuff the Nazis stole, and then like the weapons, you yeah. know the the insignia the insignias the boxes, and then they even bring up a. I, I called it before I saw it because I saw it was just it was a car. I was like, I bet you it's Hitler's car. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that too. I saw the I saw the um, the the wheels because it was first it was covered in a in a tarp mm. and then he he pulls the tarp and he goes he nerds out about what type of uh, uh, old school Mercedes it was it was and I was thinking Hitler probably rode around in that <laughs> and lo and behold. <laughs> It is yeah. <laughs> to the point yeah. that even The Rock is like, which I should have been more suspicious about The Rock when he knew exactly what it was. Like it's a mm. bulletproof, you know. He he basically uh, he uh, price tagged it about all of all of its amenities and stuff like that and what yeah. it had. But uh, I also yeah. going back to to when they first discovered the vault. Mm. I really enjoyed that the watch was the key. Uh huh. And that the watch, the the cross in the watch was the intersecting lines of the swastika. Yeah, when he turned it, I thought it was yeah. gonna be like a, a safe, you know, you know, a textbook safe. But it's like, yeah. oh, it's it's really Nazi'd. Very Nazi. <laughs> very Nazi. Where you have to turn it. And this is what I hate about this movie, is that it it shows something that I would rather see. And that would have been cool if they delved into it. If if Ryan Reynolds went all full on Indiana Jones, and was like you know <laughs> looking for this instead of an Egyptian egg, it was like a Nazi gold or something like that. Yeah, and I was just thinking as well as like when um, the cavalry came in in that scene and just started shooting up the place, and I was thinking <laughs> there's potentially hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars worth of stolen art here and these fuckers just shot it all up yeah i don't <laughs> I, I i don't remember the actress's name i believe she was in uncharted but i love i just love her like reactions and stuff like that but yeah she's very backseat kind of just yeah let's shoot this place up and like throw <laughs> yeah. grenades and like <laughs> are you surprised that the how about the cops who knew how to run german equipment yeah that's that's like, that's the truth it's like like um, it's a crank. I was watching, yeah, I was watching the movie with my girlfriend, and when Ryan Reynolds is trying to crank start the old school Mercedes, I was like, I explained to her that's how you used to start um, vehicles back in the day, mm. and then you take into consideration that these these engines in these cars haven't turned over in seventy five plus years. Right. It's right. not like they're gonna be. Able, it's not like it's gonna be like an easy one two three. You know, it's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna it's take not a some, Tesla. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> even even uh, there's even footage of the Tiger Tank. I don't remember the serial number, but the, one of the few Tiger Tanks that are still operational. It still takes a bunch of turns, and even that thing has been it's maintenance. You know, yeah, it's been cleaned out. It's been kept in in somewhat pristine condition. But this car, <laughs> yeah, just collecting dust on the ground in the jungles of Argentina is going to start <laughs> in the first turn. Who right, knew? <laughs> right. Like who do you? It's uh, I, I. I I don't like to nitpick, and I feel like that is a nitpick, but this film is just... It, it's very surface level, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to get into, and I end up nitpicking. I end up like getting distracted about other things, like uh, like the bullfight and that one dude. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so you raised a good point. So because this movie is very surface level, there mm. really isn't anything, like any meaning beyond what's on the surface do you think this movie would be 
categorized as a classic like blockbuster where there really isn't mm. anything of substance is just there for you to watch these visually entertaining uh you know performances that's that's true uh no i i don't think i would consider it a uh, blockbuster I'd, I'd consider it more of a vod videos yeah or vos i suppose at this point. <laughs> you know, because it it's it's by Netflix and no no uh, heat or no shade at Netflix, but they knew what they were doing when it comes to this production, and it doesn't feel like it's something that would hold up, like say in the theaters. If I watched this on the theaters, I'd be pretty pissed off. And <laughs> if, <laughs> if you spent like twenty dollars on watching this and it just kind of didn't really really go anywhere to well, suppo- extent. Supposedly the budget was two hundred million. Oh wow! And how much? Did That's it what it says here. It make? says well, it oh, wasn't released to. It, huh? <laughs> well, it just says it made two hundred million estimate. I mean, right. two two million estimated. Mm. So since it wasn't really like they didn't have a really uh like a wide theater a theatrical release, those numbers are always going to be like hearsay. Yeah, yeah, that's so. Fair. I mean, I could I could see it. Maybe they 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 spend like a few more. Fit a few more million to fix the CGI because that's one thing oh. I really like was the CGI was pretty bad. I'm not one uh, to look at CGI. Like usually that's your uh, that's your field of purview, but yeah, no, definitely, especially in the Coliseum. Was, yeah, it was noticeable. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, this is. I wonder if Joel likes <laughs> like. <laughs> and this is was this before COVID or during COVID? I would have to say probably during COVID. Right, 2020. One right, yeah, last year. Yeah, if it was released last year, filmed it, you know, pre-COVID, and just hold on to it till, you know, <laughs> t- almost two years into COVID. Right, it's like, <laughs> we're gonna release it now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's there's a lot of I'm I'm scrolling through the Google page right now, and uh, the questions people are asking is, is Red Notice a hit or a flop? <laughs> is red notice worth watching <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i mean it got a 6.3 out of 10 on imdb rotten tomatoes gave it a 36 and metacritic gave it a 37 37 yeah which, yeah i'm which, like yeah mm-hmm. i'm like right there with them with metacritic you know, it's, or yeah uh, six give or take give it a yeah, 5.5 you know something like that it's nothing it's nothing that's too like bad because i was entertained you know mm. there, there were external factors for why i was entertained <laughs> but <laughs> overall you know i did i did enjoy most of the movie it was just like you had to suspend a lot you, you know if you came in expecting one thing you were kind of going to be completely um disappointed and i don't know if if you came in with it thinking it's going to be like this pretty awesome movie but I was just thinking, hey, it looks fun. Let's watch it. We're going to watch something, so why not this? <laughs> That's That pretty much sums up the movie, right? If there's yeah. nothing else on, yeah, why not? Red Notice sounds good. Yeah, I uh, at first I was kind of duped because the aerial shot. Like it, it was a really, it was a really nice aerial shot. I'm like, okay, all right, we're getting into this. And then as the movie progressed, it became something that uh, I had to look for reasons to like it. Hmm. Like uh, Ryan Reynolds, there are some jokes where he d- it does land, and there is some touch of chemistry between Dwayne Johnson. But then again, I I think Dwayne Johnson, and then I think of like John Cena's chemistry in his show, 
Like, I'm not comparing yeah. the two, but I feel like they're they're from the same kind of, uh, you know, muscle-bound action hero. And John Cena yeah. kind of does it a little bit more just because he's able to make fun of himself. The Rock in this film, n- not really. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, obviously, we've we've heard, like, the stories of The Rock being, like, this super generous and really cool dude. And mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I'm not doubting that. But I've also heard where he's gotten into, like, some, I don't want to say altercations, but there's been actors that played with him a little bit too much, and he wasn't really down for it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas John Cena does feel like, yeah, he understands what the gimmick is, and he needs to not only talk shit about himself, but also talk shit about the others. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of these, if any of this from this discussion slash review, is that this movie does touch on a lot of cool ideas, but that's all it really does. It just touches on them, and it's sad to not see uh, The Rock actually just let loose. You know, who cares what people think sort of deal. But it feels like The Rock's The Rock. And Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. And Gal Gadot yeah. is Gal Gadot. Not really Although, much. I <clears> did that torture scene where um, they were under the, the, the bullfighting arena. Yeah. Where she was torturing The Rock. It did feel like she was having a lot of fun playing the villain. Yeah! Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking Gal Gadot would be an awesome villain, but I I was thinking if it was more of serious acting, like not really, you know, like trying to be intimidating. But if she was just the maniacal, kind of a, uh, kind of like Joker esque, in terms of a uh, in Thomas Wayne in a uh, Flashpoint, like, yeah, like that kind of just having fun and like tasting someone's balls. <laughs> or <something>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good, well funny scene. Yeah, I would. I'm thinking, like, why not make her a Bond villain? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Why not? Why not? You, know, I mean, she, the 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 this script probably wasn't the best for her, mm-hmm. but I feel like I generally feel like she was having fun being the bad guy, just because you obviously Wonder Woman, and everything other from that, it's either been like part of a of an ensemble in. Um, a reference to her her role in uh fuck the Fast and Furious, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you know other side projects, but she, I don't think she's really gotten the the opportunity to like shine as a the actor that she is and be in a villainous role. Yeah, yeah, I feel like especially when she's in projects where she's having fun, or at least she's able to creatively add some you know, acting moments that is from her own experience, then yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were yeah, going to no. say something. Just no, cut it no. Off. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would like to see her play Bond. I know that there's, um, in the, the Jane, the, fuck, what's his name? The Daniel Craig James Bonds, they brought back Blofeld from, mm. you know, if previous iterations of the James Bond movie. So why not have her be like one of the old school uh, Bond villainesses and just bring her back in that role? Yeah, that would be very subversive. <laughs> yeah, you know, like expectations. Have it be that you know, tease her as the new Bond girl, but she just ends up being like that femme fatale. Oh, that would be great. Oh gosh, that's that's <laughs> like just, just adding that that sort of uh, that turn on that character is, is it's already a great idea. I mean, I could definitely see a what's the one that ends with galore? 
Oh, Pussy Galore? Yeah. Um, or I, that's the only one I remember because her name is so... That's kind of unforgettable. Uh, I don't know. Because right? that character... Yeah, that character's been in several. Pussy Galore has been in several uh, James Bond movies, so... Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, she's a, she could play one of those characters that are basically reoccurring. Yeah. Yeah, like the main overarching villain of multiple James Bond movies. And right, right now that they're 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 in need of a new James Bond, so yeah, I mean, right. I already gave them their villain, so all they have to do is just find the actor. Yeah, Idris Elba. <laughs> there you go. There we go. It writes itself. Exactly. <laughs> Idris Elba, Henry Cavill. There you go. Those are the only two you can choose from. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, overall, for this film, uh, well, you already said what you did, but what's uh, what's the most surprising of it, other than what you said? Um, something that stuck um, out. I like. I mean, the, the the surprising stuff to me was when it turned into a Nazi um, <laughs> treasure hunt movie. That was that was really it for me. Mm. Um, there wasn't really anything that to like stand stand out that stood out in the good way. A lot of like plot holes. Like yeah. every time they got arrested, they sent them to a Russian prison. And you're like, okay, if they're being arrested by Interpol, why are they being sent to a Russian prison? To why, a gulag, essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's basically a gulag. Especially yeah. when uh, she walks up to him and says, we're going to send you to a black site. I'm like, are you allowed to say this? That you're just going <laughs> to dump this dude and he'll just disappear off the face of the map. It's uh, we, we try not to nitpick films, right? We try to see it as even, as a, a collection of products and production and creative juices. But this film, it's it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah, it just like you said, it feels like this movie had nothing of us of substance that we could like actually uh, gravitate to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like even the dad part. I thought they were gonna you know expand on it more or flush it out a little bit more. Like nope. Uh, Wait on who's that part? Ryan Reynolds or or well, the Rock Johnson? The Dwayne. scene that comes to mind is the train part. Like your 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 dad was a cop and you became a crook. Oh yeah. And yeah, my dad's a crook. I became a cop. Like it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue is a little uh, it's a little lumpy at some points. Yeah, it it probably needed like another pass. Yeah. Um. It I feel like this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. It's, it's just like, okay, it's not like the one. Well, it's it's just like it's not the greatest movie in the world. Yeah, clearly, I was entertained. There's that. Yeah. But other other than that, trying to find like a a, a well another good thing to like cling to is kind of difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like you said, it's a fun film, right? It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. Right, but it's more of those cheap carnival roller coasters that you don't know it's gonna fold on to you, or you oh, know if you do shit. fall out, if you do fall out, there's no insurance and like it's oh your fault. God. That that's yeah. like what it is. <laughs> this is it. yeah. It's fun. Like oh that was fun, but probably not get it on on it another time. <laughs> yeah, it's enter at your own risk type of, th- type of situation. Right, and and that ending, I I don't know about you, but I I hated that ending. Yeah, I mean, once the big reveal was happened when we found out that Dwayne DeRock Johnson uh, was the bad guy, 
you know, mm-hmm. the partner to uh, Gal Gadot's character. It kind of just like everything that it will, what whatever minuscule, you know, climactic point that it was coming to, just threw that to the side and be like, hey, look, we're, we might make another one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we if you scratch out enough money, we're already in debt. Yeah. <laughs> we make another one. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh, it it reminds me of the Adam Project. Not not in terms of how quickly put and cobblestone it is, but how it, it they don't really do endings well because they mm-hmm. wanted to kind of bleed into the environment, right? So we get a quick here here's the kid and an Adam Project. Here's the kid. Here's he's here's Adam. He's grown up Adam. Like everything's gonna be okay, but in this one we kind of get like a six months later or like a time skip, and then it turns out oh Ryan Reynolds was actually getting his due diligence towards the whole six mi- six months we see off screen. Yeah, I mean yeah they didn't really like establish what the the time jump was you know where we could assume it could be in anywhere between mm. a month to six months. Right. You know? Right. Um. I did like the scene in the wedding at the end where the the father presents the daughter <laughs> all the three eggs, and she get she cared more about Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, I love, like what? Okay, I did like that part just because it seems like the daddy theme, you know, like mm-hmm. everyone has dad issues, and this dad is trying to do well for the daughter, and the daughter's like, nah, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, yeah, Ed she Sheeran. he was able to track down, you know, fucking. <laughs> An ancient treasure not lost to mankind. Right. But no, right. it's Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, it's Ed Sheeran who was in Game of Thrones. And he, he looked like he was having fun too. It's like, just go crazy, Ed. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that the whenever there are like these cameos in movies uh, where there's like a famous singer or something that, that shows up, they do have an, a very uh, an opportunity to just have fun. Yeah. And we saw that when he was getting arrested. He was saying, like, don't you know who I am? I'm Ed Sheeran. I was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was in Game of Thrones. I was like, were you? Like, I, I actually had to think about it a bit. I don't know. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, so I yeah. can't confirm nor deny. Yeah, me either. I mean, was he the kid? He was the kid, wasn't he? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time when uh, the last season of Game of Thrones was, coming, was about to air. Like, uh-huh. second, like... I think it might have been actually the, like the very last episode. I was at work and one of my coworkers walks in and, and she was all like, "We're having an office pool about uh, Game of Thrones. Do you do you want in?" And I was like, "I don't watch that show." And she had no idea what to say. <laughs> if, it's, if it's who I think it was, I to blame her. The huh? one who, is it the one who gave me the poster? No, it's not her. Oh dang it! Okay, never somebody mind. else. All right, uh, never yeah. mind. Somebody, yeah. well, somebody else. Oh, I see. Yeah, I same with me. Like, hey, did you watch Game of Thrones? I only watched the first episode and like the just their face of this. Yeah, movie. It's, it's, like, it's yeah. It's something that comes up where other people just don't can't comprehend. Yeah. That um that there's options out there. Like I remember, and this isn't about Game of Thrones, but I remember um I was in a like a little mini family gathering, and I've had a cousin. Like I was talking with a cousin, and you know, I my on my dad's side is uh, people who work. You know, they work in the fields, they work in factories and stuff like that. That's like real work, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like the the shit that we do. We sit in an air conditioned room and 
in front of the, a computer. The, yeah, in front of the computer <laughs> for eight hours. Um, and I, I told him what I what I did. I was an editor, a video editor, and he had no frame of reference. My cousin, right? Because I'm I'm sure he had like he grew up working in a factory somewhere, and that's all the type of work that him and his kind knew. But yeah. he had I'm pretty sure he had no idea that there was options beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same with my family. It's like, I, I'm a video editor. Like, oh, so you do what you do at home and sit in front of the computer? Like, no, that's uh, that's video games or something. <laughs> so, games. so they see computer equals, you know, anything, I guess, at this point. I don't know how to. Even I had to stay uh, overnight. Actually, I had to do some overtime editing something. And, uh, like, my uh, parents could not comprehend why I was doing it. Yeah. Yeah, just that, to get the yeah. edit out, you know. <laughs> Mm, that's something that my dad because again like he grew up doing real hard labor never under really understood what it is that i do Mm. you know it's like okay you're getting paid you make money that's good but why he (laughs) it just went over his head (laughs) yeah it's like you're providing yeah you need to know what it is (laughs) (laughs) exactly as long as the as long as the money keeps rolling in, I'm good. <laughs> so, uh, for this film, what would you give it? Uh, I'll probably give it like a 5 or a 5.5. 5.5? Yeah, I'm right there with you. It, it does feel entertaining, like you said. Yeah, I feel like the, the caliber of stars in this film mm. needed a better script. Hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. It's it something, just, yeah. It could have been like, like you said, like you, you said you were uh, you know, reviewing old uh, heist movies. Mm. Some something like a Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Twelve, where it it does have its you know humorous side of it, but it also takes itself and the the, the material seriously. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I did have a question for you. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of action in this film, right? There's a there's a good part of action, a lot of gunfights and stuff like that. Uh, do you feel like it's a little uh, out of place considering they're supposed to be these uh, these villains essentially? They're bad guys, right? They're thieves. These they steal for a living, but they don't really kill. Do you? And there's like a lot of these these gunfights, and it doesn't feel like anyone really gets injured in them. Well, I mean, it's it's the, the classic motif of the, the old school uh, action movies. Like, mm. you look at uh, um, Die Hard. How many fucking bullets are shot in the <laughs> films compared to how many people actually die? See, that's fair. But at least someone, you know, goes down. But here it feels like it's just set dressing. Like, the scene that we love, the, the there's a chase scene where they're in, they're in, the, in Hitler's car. And they're mm-hmm. just firing rock, not rockets, but they're shooting at each other. And you're like, okay, that's cool, but no one's really gonna, as evidenced by the other hour and some change movie, nothing, <laughs> nothing's really gonna happen to them because we don't really see people go down when it comes to gunfights. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess what you're saying is true. There really isn't like a sense of finality to to the the, the climactic battle scenes. Yeah, or consequence. Like you, you brought up oceans, right? And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't watched it in a while, but I don't think uh, they're more of thieves, and they lean heavy into that motif, right? They don't yeah. even use guns. They don't even use a uh, really violence to an extent. But here, it's it's like 
diehard, like you said, there are diehard-esque gunfights and shootings. Even there's a scene where they're in the gulag and they're escaping and there's a bunch of guards shooting and rocks <laughs> firing back. But he's like firing over them. <laughs> Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, which again, like... You notice that the rock didn't really necessarily kill anybody. Was that in a in a in a sense of to like maintain his character, his persona? Yeah, that's a good point. And I I, I feel like it's I feel like I should have saw it a mile away, but I was too <laughs> I was covered by how you know bad the writing was. That yeah, it, yeah he was essentially uh, I thought he was a one dimensional character, right? He was just a Johnny Law. Yeah. Who doesn't kill and stuff like that? But that's that's so cliche that they were able to fool us with that. Yeah. It, what else? What like a prequel? Round this story out. A prequel for uh, Ronald Reynolds Red, or? Well, for. Blue Notice. Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, magenta Notice. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's just I'm saying, like, like we look at how the movie started, right? And we're just bound to assume that The Rock is like this big muscle-bound dude is a, <laughs> is a FBI profiler. That's and like, okay, yeah, we get it. Let's move on. And then it turns out that he never was. So yeah. like, how how did he get that that um? F- how did he fool them? Yeah. I mean, you're asking the greatest question in the whole movie, right? And it's even answered at the beginning. Like, The Rock comes in and like, I'm an FBI profiler. And then I think to myself, I don't think so. And even the cop yeah. in the scene is like, you don't look like a profiler. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something that this movie does do that nicely. That it plays on our preconceptions and our biases, kind of, in a way, of action heroes. And kind of leans heavily on him. And like, oh yeah, it's true, by the way. He's yeah, we just have to make assumptions. Yeah. Right at the beginning. And would you want to see uh, whether sequels or prequels or more of this movie? Uh, yeah. As much as it's uh, something that we just rated a little bit lower on the low side, it does have potential. I mean, even Ronald Reynolds' backstory about his family, it, sounded, it was a little even more tempting, even the fact that the dad was a Nazi enthusiast, I guess, or the gold. Yeah, I would like to see a, like a backstory more about Ryan Reynolds' dad. Yeah. Like, like how they Crusade. did the... Exactly, like mm-hmm. Last Crusades, or I was going to mention how they did the Kingsman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that where would be they nice. Did they did two movies where it was contemporary time, and then the third one was a flashback to how the the whole Secret Service started, got started. Yeah, exactly. Because he's, other than him being Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, they do sprinkle on some of the world building, and I was really more interested in the, the world building, especially when it connected to like Nazi Germany and stuff in World War Two. <laughs> but yeah. less than you know, hey, there's a bishop. There are two bishops. Get it? <laughs> Huh. Yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, they leaned on a lot of... Uh, essentially, like, code words, right, you would say? <laughs> yeah. And, and symbolisms that... I don't know if the normal... If, like, the the average person would would pick up on... Like, when they mentioned that there's that there's two bishops in, in, in the game... It's like, yeah, that's true. But there's also, like, so, so many more... Um, 
the more pieces. pieces yeah more pieces for that actually have that are better like have more power i guess you could say more powerful that they, they could kill they could kill the, the like i don't know if you know how to play chess or not, oh i but, do like, yeah no i know what you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah so the bishops like the could rook. only move in diagonal yeah in diagonal uh diagonally yeah they could only move diagonally so it's like okay you choose the bishop because there's two but there's also two brooks there's two knights there's like so many more pieces you could have chose for yeah just didn't yeah. really make i mean it made sense in the way that they want that they just chose these two these this random uh chess piece to <laughs> to write it on but like it doesn't it didn't make sense in in the the way they intended it to yeah exactly and that's another great point is that this does leave a lot of this movie does leave a lot of dangling threads it would have been cool if they uh, lead heavily on the motif of chess yeah right you have a knight or something like that like what's the movie we watched and i lo- I, I actually really liked it it was like bad dog I forget oh, the name um, of it. Um, lucky number 11 lucky number 11 it's a very i was i was surprised on how well put together it was especially when it comes to world building yeah. Right? To the end, it's actually a suspenseful thriller revenge film, but it would have been cool to see that degree of world building or kind of tongue-in-cheek playfulness with the chess motif, like oh, Raul Reynolds is a knight, or not a knight, but you know someone's a knight, like the cop is, or there's a queen, or there's a king, or even if they have to rob people, they have to base them on chessboard pieces or something like that to yeah. give it more more texture and more uh, make it more <laughs> concrete than just touching on different subjects you know exactly yeah again 100 percent what you're saying like in that movie uh lucky number 11 uh for those of you who haven't seen it it's this really good movie uh starring josh harnett uh mm-hmm. morgan freeman sir ben kingsley mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, stanley tucci's in it so Love it already <laughs> yeah it's a pedigree cast and there's a scene where literally uh Morgan Freeman's character and Josh Harnett's character are playing chess as they're describing a way on how they're going to kill this person. Mm. And that's like beautiful. That's beautiful symbolism. And you don't necessarily have to refer like to it specifically. Yeah. And in this movie, it kind of, like you said, it touched on a lot of stuff, but because it did touch on a lot of uh, symbolism from a whole bunch of other things, it didn't really have a, something for the fans to like attach to yeah or the people who are watching not necessarily fans but yeah exactly and from what i'm looking at the thing the google page and this budget was 27 million 27 million yeah whoa it it pretty much doubled as much as its budget which is essentially i wouldn't say it's a flop but it's a very a pretty good success right yeah yeah, and this uh, what did Red Notice have like a two hundred million dollar budget or something like that? Yeah. So so it feels like less is more, and this film does like the CGI and you know those those scenes where like the Russian gulag. Did we really need to go to Russia to show that they're going to prison? Mm, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I would have. It would have been more interesting to have been like a. Supermax prison, a la that prison where they put everybody in uh, at the end of Civil War. Mm, right. Right. If they want to see, again, if they want to lead into that uh, that kind of uh, out of this world comic book-esque kind of narrative, then lean in heavily into that. 
Yeah. Right? Even uh, even when it comes to the prison, I was like, okay, how does this look like a Russian prison? Oh, it, there's like this one fight with this one Russian dude in the cafeteria, and then we don't really see him anymore. There's not really a conclusion <laughs> anymore about that scene. Were you expecting for The Rock to just clean house in that scene? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he look just at got... him. <laughs> yeah, he, he just got punked like a bitch. I mean, what the fuck happened? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would argue that it was because of his, his cover quote-unquote but <laughs> it's he i feel like his do you feel like his character was made to be one-dimensional just to be for one-dimensional sake not just for the narrative yeah i feel like this movie is probably the script was in development hell for a long time mm, it's one yeah. of probably one of those where it's like it, it got bounced around studio to studio never really got made until Maybe, you know, Ryan Reynolds read it and it's like, all right, I'm down. And then the, the, the other ones started to, to come on board, you know, <laughs> and, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like the his, especially The Rock's character, it, it lacked more dimension than any other one. You know, even, even Gal Gadot's yeah. character, you're like, she had like this mystique to her. To her. Like, we didn't really get... Uh, uh, that much backstory onto her but you know we we saw that she spoke multiple languages we saw that she fucked people up you know she we saw that she was a kick-ass she was you know she had a background there right right but the, the rock johnson all we just got was that his dad was a thief and then he wanted to be a cop and then it turned out that no his dad was a thief he just wanted to be a better thief than his dad she's like oh good job i guess like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah exactly especially there's a scene where uh Galgado is essentially, I think, hacking into Interpol, and it's better through a third party to uh, to hack through this uh, this organization. But she's basically talking to this society, this intelligence officer or analyst, and I I felt more character from that scene than all of the rock scenes put together. Yeah. Even the dad scene, I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, is this towards the end of the movie? You're dropping this. <laughs> but could this could the question also be asked is is it because Dwayne The Rock Johnson really just isn't that great of an actor? Mm. I, I, that's hard to say, right? Do you think there were opportunities or other films that he wasn't given the opportunity to be an actor? Or is it just he he likes where he is being pigeonholded as this, this character of like this, this big muscle-brown brute who is essentially he can kill you if he wants to but doesn't want to kind of character? Well, I feel like he falls into like either one or two categories, right? That right. muscle-bound brute, or just this comedic, uh, you know, entity, an actor, just because he does use the his big muscle-boundness, but in a comedic way. Yeah. Like I'm looking yeah, at his yeah. I'm looking at his resume, and you know, Jumanji, Baywatch, Central Intelligence. Jumanji was pretty good. Now that you mentioned. Yeah. So he has done, you know, a very multiple com comedic movies mm -hmm. but the rest are uh, like you said just this muscle bound you know beat people up and that's how i get shit done type so of thing. so when speaking of the rock and muscle boundness with with john cena it feels like he has a nice balance to it you know he can be this muscle brown muscle bound brute but also he does have a comedic side and most of them are together but when it comes to The Rock, to me, I feel like it's only one, this this character or the other character. Like in Red Notice, he's the the muscle-bound brute 
pretty much throughout the whole thing but in another film like i think uh the tooth fairy i think he was in there <laughs> the yeah he, he was this this funny bro so do you think it's it, he can't really blend the both and Mike find his own identity as in acting like john cena did well i mean you also have to consider in john cena's like what projects is he actually working on like the suicide squad and peacemaker right mm-hmm. those are mm-hmm. produced directed by james gunn mm. Arguably one of the better, you know, modern contemporary directors, writers, producers out there today. Yeah. So you look at the movies that uh, Dwayne Johnson has made, (laughs) you know, it's not anything helmed by somebody who knows exactly what it is that they're doing in the sense that it's a good mixture of, you know, comedy and action. Yeah. Like James Gunn does. Yeah. So... In a way, is this a film that just kind of leans into what The Rock is without really utilizing him? I think it utilizes him to the best extent that he could pull off. Mm. Like, I'm not seeing anything where it stands out to be like, oh my god, he is like, he has the acting chops to, to do this, you know? Like, <laughs> you, yeah. well, it's like. No, you're right. Look, yeah. <laughs> like Hercules, he is Scorpion King, Fast and Furious. You know, these aren't movies where people don't go to to find the human condition within them. You know, they just go mm-hmm. mind to turn your mind into much for two hours and you know enjoy the AC <laughs> and a hot dog and maybe some popcorn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, hot yeah. dog, popcorn, some soda. You yeah. know, like right now, I think it's it's probably not the 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 best comparison between. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and John Cena because uh, Dwayne Johnson it's, it's so weird to call him Dwayne Johnson The Rock <laughs> The Rock yeah has been acting for way longer right and John Cena has like he's done some movies in the past before but now he's like more embracing the, the actor role yeah so I don't know maybe 10 years down the line we'll, we'll, we'll have enough uh, material to be able to honestly compare them but now I just don't think that there is on John Cena's side especially taking into consideration that John Cena is was working with people who actually know how to put together uh you know an ensemble movie or a movie that's a mixture with that's funny and action right right so it's a degree of both in in some sense that John Cena is not only given the leeway to experiment but also you have the leadership, the creative, the director who's able to push him towards that. But for The Rock, which is which is a shame because John Cena is fairly earlier than The Rock and he's already making bigger or better strides than The Rock who has been. He's pretty much the, pretty much the first in the WE to cross over to big acting, right? Like blockbuster name brands and stuff. The Rock? Yeah, The Rock. Yeah, from WWE. Um... I guess you could say I guess you could say yes like to have the success definitely yeah but you know there was um I'm sure Roddy Roddy Piper did a few movies uh Hulk Hogan did a few movies Mm -hmm. I think Andre the Giant he was in um Princess Diaries Mm, but to reach the critical claim of like The Rock yeah and being like he's in a DC film and then he's in Fast and Furious and stuff like that yeah, so successfully wise, I would agree with you that yeah, he this is like the first like true mm. movie star to come out of <laughs> uh, the WWE. Yeah, yeah. But th- I feel like there has been uh, 
wrestlers before him that laid the foundation for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, because that that's fair. You have Batista and you have well, John Cena's the only two I know <laughs> that are they're <laughs> from WWE and are essentially following in The Rock's footsteps. Who is following in, like as you said, Andre the Giant's footsteps. But it yeah. feels like The Rock is just kind of stu- is kind of stuck to what role he is, and I don't know whether or not it's because of like you said, it's he's not given the opportunity, or he's not given creative liberties, or that's just like he he likes being that character, and that's just like yeah. who he is, you know. I'm looking at the 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 director's credit for this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. The the Red Notice was directed by. Uh, Ron's Rawson, Marshall Thurber. That's a fucked up is, name is to say. That, is that two names or just one person? It's it's one person. It's three names. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. And he did Central Intelligence, Word of the Millers, uh, Skyscraper, Dodgeball. Mm, um, Dodgeball, Skyscraper, right, right. Yeah, okay. Easy A. So he has like the the he the, has the chops for it, especially exactly. Dodgeball. I mean, that dodgeball. humor is right there. Yeah, we're the Millers, but also we have to have to see who actually wrote the script. Right. You know, right. it's one thing to write the script, and there's another thing to like translate it to film. Yeah, and even I don't. I want to say Netflix is more open with their creatives, but you never know. There might be yeah. some uh, holdings around here or something like that. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. I mean, that movie. I. I would give it a five. Five point five. Um, I was entertained, which is really only the only thing I'm looking in movies now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with like a cast like this. Yeah. 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 Same. I'm right there with you. Five. It's uh, it's an entertaining uh, carnival roller coaster, but yeah, it does have some issues that do boil over, and it's kind of hard to ignore. <laughs> yeah, I mean. What is like you said this that you would be pissed off this, if you saw this movie in the the theater, mm-hmm. but what a theater environment actually benefit this movie? I don't I don't even see this being that one. Oh, it's so bad! It's a good kind of film. I I see it like being there's all these films and it's there at the eight o'clock, so nobody has to ever the one who wants to see it has to get out of their way to see it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like on the lower end of the theater at the very back. Where you, there's the lights not working anymore, and there's like a hobo for some reason at the back of the theater. You know, it's, it's, they're showing, yeah, they're showing this movie in one theater like 40 miles away, and you gotta go watch it. Right, <laughs> like so that type you, of thing. Yeah, if you really like it, then you have to go out of your way to see it. Yeah, because there are films. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's on Netflix, so you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know films that like you know Transformers that are oh really bad but they at least they have some resemblance of a direction <laughs> do they yeah well it's a uh, that's another time <laughs> well i'm like, in your uh, <laughs> you could, i feel like you could measure those those movies like you could track the plot points in those movies between explosions yeah pretty much i mean you could you can see the script where bale's like okay explosion here x mark Okay, expose it here, X mark, and he's just drawing fire in the background or stuff like that. And the producer's like, wait, but how are we going to get to the explosion? It's like, we'll film the explosion first, and then we'll deal with it later. Come on, how do we not get this? <laughs> like, who is this guy? Is this guy new? So he has a grenade in his pocket for some reason. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> but that's our discussion slash review on Red Notice. I've been your host, Ernesto Camacho the Fourth, and I'm with my co-host Joel. Wonderful Goodbye. Joel. Wonderful Hello. Joel. Goodbye. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you next next week. Right. Next next week, yeah. Yeah, next next week for another hot takes. Bye. You swore allegiance to.